Chris Friesen. Hello, Ben. You just got back from Vegas. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, partially why I'm a little tired still, I guess. I don't know. I was thinking about you while you were away, man, because because uh, I know that was your first time going on a plane. Yeah, that was my first time going on a plane. Uh, it was a little little interesting. Um, not nothing special really. Everybody was like telling me different things, like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of scary." Like, Brett's really like scared of turbulence, and like I'm really scared of heights. And, uh, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be terrifying," or "It's gonna be fun." And it wasn't really anything that special. It was just flying, ears hurting. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, pretty, uh, yeah. Like, were you excited or, or were you nervous? Yeah, I was pretty like, excited. Like, I was like so nervous, like so nervous to go on the flight that like I didn't eat like all day, and then I didn't eat on the plane. They give like little snacks or drinks, and like we had a connecting flight, and everybody like ate in between the connecting flight, and I didn't eat there either or drink anything. I was just so nervous. Um, but yeah, then that was fine. The ear thing really sucked, but I guess that's normal. It, did it feel weird? Like I remember the first time I went on a plane, the, the feeling that I got when the plane accelerated because it throws you back in your seat so much. I was like, it just felt like a rocket ship. It was crazy. Yeah, it's like the the force that or whatever G force, whatever it's called. Uh, it just felt like I'm not really or like a amusement park ride guy but when i have been on like roller coasters or something like that it kind of just felt like that and um before we went i kind of like drilled it into my head that even though i'm terrified of heights absolutely terrified of heights that kind of looking out the window would be kind of like a monitor for me and it wouldn't like i'd if i'd try to imagine that it wasn't like real life so i wouldn't get scared and that kind of worked so I'm Ben Grenell, and this is Character, Episode 10, The Crack House. left off you were talking um you had moved to Gimli and you had a, a few jobs and it was kind of neat because you were living above that restaurant White Caps with uh your girlfriend at the time and you had said that was the first time in your life that you really felt a sense of belonging and family yeah it was a. Uh... It was a really strange time <laughs> um, living there. Like I can't, re- like I don't remember. Sorry, exactly what we talked about last time. So if I repeat myself, just be like, "Hey, you already talked about that." Um, but yeah, it was like we lived above this restaurant, and I think I mentioned how I didn't really have like a sense of of like like a work ethic. Like I thought I was just gonna be there and live and. 
that was what what was going to be. Actually, I think what was going through my head was I kind of just graduated and it was going to be my like summer off to just like be like a a graduate. But what it turned out to be was like, hey, um, if you're going to stay here, you kind of need a job. And I was like, oh, oh, well, okay, all right. So that's where I think that's where that how that went. You got it. That's exactly where we ended. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jeez, it's been a good long, uh, good long week since last so, time. W- when you were in Gimli, like this is where things you said things started to turn around for you, and you, um, the part of the story that we spoke about last time wasn't even a main part of this whole Gimli story, which. It kind of blew my mind. I mean, it sounded, it seemed important to me, but you said that it wasn't something that you had even planned on talking about, and you thought it was like a 20-second detail, and it ended up being this hour-long conversation we had. So yeah. So, like, what are some of these other things in Gimli that that happened or that occurred in your life where there were these turnaround points? Yeah, so... Uh... Like, uh, we talked about, like, how I got there and why I got there and stuff. And that whole part, like, it, it's, it's, it feels very significant. Or, or what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it didn't feel like a big part of my life because uh, that whole process of me and that girl, it, it was just a really drag on my life. Like, I, it was, like, the whole family thing was kind of neat, but it was more like I basically did everything that she wanted me to do like i've skateboarded like my entire life that like year that i lived there or however long i was there i quit skateboarding <laughs> like i think the first actually the first year that i was there i was still skateboarding but then the second year is when i just like i hadn't skated a single time that entire summer like i was just completely dedicated to whatever she, she wanted to do like go to the city go to the mall go to the beach that kind of thing so it was kind of like a like a, a it was kind of like a different time where i was like yeah i'm part of this like i've got this girlfriend and her parents really like me her brother really liked me she had the brother that was living in the city um Whereas where she was staying at the time when she would come to see me all the time. Um, and then, like, I realized, like, it just started going south real quick. Like, um, I remember just we would rarely talk to each other. And then we did, like, have separate rooms. So we we're always in separate rooms. And sometimes she – then and, and, and it was really weird because I had a really good friend who lived uh, in Gimli. He wasn't, like, a really good friend, but – this girl introduced me to these couple guys that she went to school with and they were, they were my age. Like, I think they're a year younger than I am actually. Um, but they were, and then she introduced me to them at school. Uh, she eventually stopped going, she stopped doing homeschooling and she did go to high school. So that might be a little confusing, but that's when I met these guys. So one of them I was really pretty good friends with and he had a girlfriend and it was really weird because, um, like the, my friend and my girlfriend would work the night shift, but then me and his girlfriend would work the day shift. So like, I only ever saw this other girl, like, and then I'd come home from work. We'd say hi, whatever. She'd get ready for work and she'd go off to work. 
and then by the time she got home, uh, I was really tired or she was really tired and just want to go to bed or I stayed up playing video games or something like that. So eventually it just got really went south and, um, we just rarely ever saw each other. And, um, what happened is before I left the city, <laughs> I don't know how important this is, but before I left the city, there was a guy that I was like, I had just met skateboarding. We were, and then we became like inseparable for like probably a month before I actually left the city and we'd skateboard and he was roughly around the same, um, skill level as I was. So it was really easy to push each other. We had the same kind of style. We rode the same, we rode both rode goofy. And so it was just like, we were had fun. We both played video games. And, um, then I moved away and then we kind of just like lost contact. Like every once in a while he come down to Gimli and we go skateboarding. But when it, at the end of, um, I guess mine and this girl's relationship is when him and my girlfriend and this guy started talking and the last straw was actually there's two things that really bothered me. First of all, she stopped hanging out in her room and then she started hanging out in her parents' room. She was always on her phone and really we only talked to each other. So it was really strange that she was on her phone. Uh, but then she's like, I'm going to the city to stay with my brother. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm just going to sit here and play, I don't know, World of Warcraft or whatever the heck I was playing at the time. So she went to the city for the weekend and I found out later that she went to the city to see this guy. And I was like, okay, well, that's sketchy as shit. Um, I also felt like I was trapped. I felt like I had nowhere to go. I didn't know what was going on. So it's like, I didn't want to move back to the city. And it's like, I, I feel like I was starting my own life here. So I kind of just like stuck through it. And I'm like trying to piece it together in my head um, what was going on. And then there was a show, um, if anybody remembers the band, they're called Dead and Divine. They're like a southern hardcore band. It was their like last show, I think. And I was, we went there with these guys that I knew from Gimli. They were all into the same music I was. Um, they're all fairly important to this Gimli story. And uh, so I went to this Dead and Divine concert, and this guy was there, but he didn't come into the show. He was just outside of the show, and then the girl I was dating was just hanging out with him the whole time. And basically I said, like, the whole time my friends are just like, she, she's bad news. Like, this, she's obviously, like, cheating on you or, or planning to leave you for this guy. So before anything happened, I was just like, you know what? When we get back home, I'm just packing up my shit and I'm just leaving. Like, I'm just leaving. That's it. We're done. So um, that's what happened. <laughs> I packed up my stuff and I was getting ready to leave to go back to the city. Um, but that's not where I went. So I worked with um, this guy at Turgeson's. Oh, man. Is this seriously happening right now? What's going on? I think I hear echo. Anyway. So I worked with this guy at Turgeson's, and he's like, hey, I live in this house, um, and it's beside Turgeson's, and it's like – what are, what are those called? Turgeson's was also one of these buildings. And all of the Turgeson family members lived in these, like, heritage buildings, I guess we can call them. And, like, they didn't have to, like, pay rent on them or something. I don't know how heritage building were. How, I didn't really care at the time. I just knew that it was a place that I could stay. Um, and I could stay there for free. Uh, I didn't have to pay rent. He didn't pay rent. It was this house that had uh, electricity and cable, and we didn't pay a thing. So... I was like, sure, I'll 
gladly live with you in this tiny house. It was tiny. It had uh, a bedroom, a kitchen, and a living room, and like a closet. And that was it. And the walls were made out of pegboard. Uh, so it was really interesting. Um, I call this house to this day the crack house. Um, there's a story behind why I call it the crack house. Um, we'll get there. Um, but it was basically like a new chapter again for me. Um, this girl that I had spent so much of my time with that I had dedicated all my time and all my resources to this girl, whatever she wanted to do, I did it. I had told her off, cut ties. We had nothing to do with each other. I don't even think we talked for like the first year and we lived in the same town and we like never saw each other. It was great. (laughs) It was great. Um, So so you were with her for like a year before this whole situation happened? Like you lived at her or lived above the restaurant with her parents and her for a year? Yeah. So it, it was like longer than that it must have been two years because i remember the first year was like honeymoon stage in a relationship we always like did things together and i went skateboarding and stuff but i think that i remember because i was there for like a, a couple winters uh and then i remember i think it was the second year that i was there with her that this all kind of just completely went south and just um didn't work out so it was like 18 19 i think i was at this point maybe i was 20 at this point when all this went away. So I felt like I wasted a lot of my life. That's why I say like, maybe that's why I say like this part wasn't going to take very long because it like really, it was in my head. I feel as if it was a complete waste of my time uh, dating this girl. And then that can sound as terrible as it sounds, but that's how it feels to me. Like I, I didn't gain anything from, uh, or it's not like I had to gain anything. It's just, I didn't progress at all with dating her. I mean, sure. I finally had, um, like work experience and I, I figured out like a work ethic and like, I, I guess that kind of stuff, but that wasn't really from the relationship. That was me just having to like work for a living. So, um, yeah. So after all that, and I had moved out of that house, uh, or out of that like building, I guess it was. And I had, basically wiped all of that out of the back of my head is and i felt like i was finally free like i literally felt like i was in a cage and i was free and i could just do whatever i wanted to do and be whoever i wanted to be at that point um that's where things get a little crazy because i was still pretty young and i was just doing like just stupid things drinking a lot partying a lot basically when uh, a young teen slash adult living in Gimli basically all you're doing is partying all the time that's basically how it goes the weekend comes you're partying even during the week sometimes it's partying I don't know can you hear that in background no I don't hear any echo okay well okay an echo I hear my cat mm. I just don't want to pick it up okay so yeah so uh, I'm living in this house um and we're partying all the time. And that's kind of where the crack house, hand quotes, title of this place that I lived in comes from. Um, so one day I'm working, and, and I, I think, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm still at the restaurant. But I'm also working at Turgeson's more now, I, I think. like I think that's how that transition went. It's a little fuzzy. So what, you were you were working, like you left 
her place living with her parents, but you still worked at the restaurant? Yeah. Like her and- parents um her parents became more my friends and family than anything. Like her mom was completely devastated. Like she would she came to Turgeson's once to give me some mail and she just burst out crying, like saying how much she missed having me around and stuff like that. We actually me and the mother actually had talked about uh how I should break up with the daughter at some point. Like I feel like we were more friends than anything. So she like she treated you like a like a son or like a nephew or I don't know. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it felt like. She was amazing. That woman was amazing. Um, she never judged me on anything and she always wanted the best for me. It was great. The, the dad, I mean, sure. He probably did too, but he wasn't as vocal about it. And, um, and so they, they supported you breaking up with her, I guess. Yeah. Because like the, like they're, the mother was not blind. She could obviously see something was going on. She knew that she was going to the weekend to see her hand quotes brother did not go to see her brother, went to go see this guy. And then she just knew what was going on. And, um, she just thought that she like, I guess she just wanted to talk to me about it. And the thing is I wasn't offended. I was actually like just normal. It was like me going to talk to Cody about it. It's like, Hey, I think like I might leave this girl. And like, so she was pretty supportive of it. Have you um, crossed paths with her parents at all since, like, since everything happened or since you left Gimli? No, no. And that's the crazy thing. It's like I go places in Winnipeg. They live in Winnipeg. I go. Pl- they go live in Winnipeg now. Anyway, I go places and I see people that I went to high school with. I see people that I know in St. James. St. James is the other world from where I live right now, and just like. And I see, like, just random people. I have never seen her parents um, here. I've seen the girl um, twice in the past, like, decade-ish. It's kind of crazy to think about. And I know where, like, I know where he, the father works. I don't know where the where the mother works, though. Like, would you want to talk to them again, or is it kind of like a closed chapter? Eh, that's a closed chapter. There's nothing for us to talk about. It, it Like, in passing, it'd be neat to see them, but other than that, it's like, nah, that's, they're not really part of my life anymore. Um, so you broke, you broke up with her. You're mm-hmm. living in the quote-unquote crack house, but yeah. you're still working at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So Partying lots in this crack house. Partying lots. So that summer that I broke up with the girl, I had bought. I I I just remember like like three quarters through the year. I'm just like I have. I used to work at the restaurant and get crazy tips. I used to spend my tips every day. First of all, I put a toonie into the VLT machine to see if I could win because they got like this this like sheet the printout of like when it won and how much it won. So like they could see what machine hasn't paid out in a while. So you could like, you know, see if you could win $2 doesn't get you anything, but one pull basically. Um, and then I would spend my money on a bottle of Southern comfort every single day. <laughs> like I would get off work and I would go to the liquor Mart LC thing they had there. And I would buy a bottle of Southern Comfort 
every single day. I drank one of those things for an entire like entire year every day. Uh, this is where I get kind of different and messy, but also structured at the same time. So when I moved in with this guy in this crack house, I partied way more, but it was also very like non-destructive partying. It wasn't like, let's go and trash this house and whatever we, um, we would drink a lot, but we also did a, like, we smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> like, and I hadn't smoked weed in frick. Um, I don't know, really, really long time. Like, probably, like, I was straight edge, like, high school. So before high school, man, I haven't smoked weed in a really long time. And my memories of smoking weed wasn't great. It was um, being a kid and um, buying weed and then um, smoking it, finding more money, scavenging it, and then buying more weed. It was just, like, this weird, not, like, social event it was just like weird to to do but when i lived in gimli i i it was a, a different setting people smoked weed for like a recreational hangout chill type of thing and it's like we were all adults so we all had jobs so we all had money to buy enough weed that we needed for like say a night of just like chilling by our fire and smoking you know, a blunt or something like that. And the thing is, in Winnipeg, it was like, I didn't know what I was smoking. It was like, you'd go out, local drug dealer, you'd buy this weed, didn't ask what it was. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know that there was different types of marijuana. <laughs> like, I was just like, dude, uh, let's, give me something for whatever. Give me give me three grams. But in, in, in Gimli, I was educated by my friends there. They they told me the different kinds, uh, the different effects that the different kinds had on your body. Um, like, it was uh, it was just different setting. It was, like, happy. It didn't remind me of being a stupid kid, like, punching people and doing stupid shit. It was, it was nice. So, so you, you were like a weed connoisseur. You're like the, the really, sommelier but, of weed. Not really, but it was just like a different like whole setting. It wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't scrounging. I didn't feel like an addict. Like I wasn't scrounging money to get more. I was just like, okay, I have this much. I'll smoke this much and I'll drink this much. Um, and that was that. When I was living at the at the restaurant, I didn't drink that much. Um, yeah, we barely ever partied. I think that it was just a really strange to be with this girl. It's like, she had a complete, like the first time I met her was like an alter ego, like she's a completely different person. And then eventually it just started when I was living with her and still felt like she was just a different person. Anyway. So I lived in this house and, uh, I'm working at Turgeson's and I'm still doing the restaurant thing. And... Like one day I came home from from work and I go into my room, which wasn't really a room. So there was like, um, you walk in, there was the kitchen and then this closet thing, and then there was like this living room, or there there's the bathroom, the one bedroom, the living room, and then there's like a curtain where my room was behind the curtain in the living room. 
So I come home from work and uh, I whip open the curtain to like just throw my stuff down. And there's these two people just railing lines on my mirror. And I know it's like just just railing lines. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I rarely swear on this thing. But like, what are you doing in my room, in this house with nobody here railing lines on my mirror? <laughs> I was just baffled. Um, so I got really angry and kicked them out. And my mirror, I just had it like, I I guess I didn't really clean it. I just like left it there. And there's like cocaine residue, residue on it for a long time until I decided to finally clean it off with like water. But like, man, that was, that was, that was how I named that place. I named it the crack house because of that situation. And you didn't even know who these people were? Like they didn't live at the house? No, they didn't live there. And the thing was, uh, the guy who I live with, he, they're like, oh, this guy said we could be here. And I'm like, I don't care what he said. You're in my room sitting on my bed with my mirror. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no. And then they, like, left, and we never saw them again. They, like, did, they weren't from Gimli. They just – we never saw them again. And I told the guy, and he said, yeah, they – said they wanted to go and hang out and the, the thing is we didn't lock the door on this place this place was just like the local place to go hang out like when people got off work they like came over and just like sat in the backyard and started a fire it was like a like a just i don't know just a place for everybody to hang out but we slept there like i remember me and the guy had like dishes piled like piled up from like the weekend after and it would take us like four or five hours just to, to clean cups it was crazy. Oatmeal caked onto bowls. Oh man, like his girlfriend was so mad. Like the, the oh, man, it was just a like a raunchy, raunchy place. <laughs> like two dudes never clean this place. So it was just pretty raunchy. Whatever happened with you? You mentioned one time that I don't know if it's this girlfriend that you were living with or another girlfriend, but you said. Um, somebody tried to get you to do cocaine with her and then that was where you left it. Oh yeah, that story. So, um, that's still a little ahead. Okay. Um, but, but this is basically where this starts, this, that story. So, um, at this point, partying all the time, uh, doing a lot of drugs, uh, hanging out with these guys, um, there's a like a there's a guy and a girl. There was a this one guy. He um, I'm not homosexual. I don't like guys, but he was he's bi and he he definitely him and his friend him and this girl definitely both had this thing for me. Um, the girl at the time was dating this guy that I really don't like and I never liked him and I never will. He's kind of a huge piece of shit. Um, and then this guy like I don't know. He would always try to hit on me when we're drunk. And when I'm drunk, I'm fairly in control of myself. So, like, I am never take any of his advances. Really nice guy. Still super rad. Um, he's one of the coolest guys that I've ever met. And um, so, yeah, there was this, like, battle between this guy and this girl. And, and, and they, I think it was more between them than it was between me because I didn't really care uh, that they were that they were trying to get in my good graces um but 
eventually she uh she swindled her her way into my life she had a boyfriend who no one really liked and she was having like a really hard time with and i didn't want anything to really do with her um emotionally because she was uh dating somebody but we were really good friends like me and her we would like hang out and like call each other and whatnot and this guy he didn't even like hang out with this group of friends he had a completely different group of friends that he hung out with never was brought around she never really hung out with him so it was just really like i don't know didn't make sense to me uh so long story short basically eventually she broke up with him um and she was upset and then we she wanted to start like an emotional bond with me i said no because she just had broke up with somebody we waited a long time uh i wouldn't say a long time maybe three or four i think it was actually like six months we just like hung out as friends we were like best friends at this time we like did everything together um it was great and then eventually we decided hey we have we're really good friends why don't we just be a little bit more than friends and then um from there that's history and then we just started dating and it was great we did every we did all the stuff we normally would do together but we went on dates now instead of just like hanging out with everybody at the pier um so yeah so i dated this girl um she was into a lot more exploring than i was she was into like uh lean if you or anybody knows what that is uh it's like codeine cough syrup mixed with sprite jolly rancher and some kind of soda usually uh grape soda i don't mean to be stereotypical here but that's kind of the common thing i think i've never heard of that before lean Perp, purple drink perp drink I've never heard of it, man. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. Uh, lean. Yeah. It's a, it's a drink. Um, you mix, yeah, codeine, usually Sprite, Jolly Rancher, and some kind of soda. I really liked cream soda, but I never had lean. Um, so uh, sh- they did stuff like that. They were into more into lean and into, into like oil and into psychedelics and stuff like that. And it was like, okay, we we're all really responsible about it. I felt anyway. So like it was okay. They did all that kind of stuff and I never really was. And um, yeah, so she was always more like experimenting with things Um, until one day I thought that maybe I would experiment a little bit more. Um, And it turned out to be a really strange experience. So there was this island Actually, me, Cody, and Sheen, uh, a couple of years back, went camping on this island um, because me and the Gimli crew used to camp on this island all the time. We would like go there and set up a fire pit and just hang out and then like canoe back home. So I was with this girl and all of our friends, and they all decided they were just going to like do mushrooms and go to this island and hang out and i was like okay i don't think i'm gonna do that but i'll bring my skim board because there's this really cool like there was like an island and then there was this little patch of like a bay of water where we fished all the time and then there was this little like perfect little like maybe 10 foot 
thing of water that connected the two islands that only had like a foot of water. So I don't know if you know what skimboarding is. Do you know what yeah. that is? Yeah. So it's just like this like thin type of board. It was like a styrofoam board, and you just throw it on the water, and then you run and you jump on it, and it skims across the bo- all across the water. So yeah. So I was like, I'll bring that, and while you guys have your you know your mushroom trip, I'll just you know skimboard and make a fire so we don't freeze. But we get there by canoe and we just start walking and my friend has been eating these mushrooms for a while he has this like ziploc bag uh half full of these mushrooms um i've never done mushrooms before so i didn't really know like if i was to eat them how much i should eat or how much i should take um so like they he was just munching on them like it was nothing and he just hands me the bag after he's done with it and he's just like it's like i can't do this anymore like i can't i'm full like you need to eat the rest of these and i'm just like in my head i'm like oh man peer pressure i was like oh do i do mushrooms oh, i haven't really done mushrooms before uh, okay whatever so i pound back these mushrooms not knowing that probably there's probably seven grams left in the bag and i i don't know they said maybe do one or two grams your first time i don't I don't really know. So it's a, like a hike. So you, we we dock at this place and we hike through these woods because this bay is kind of hidden. It was pretty sweet. It was like our own little personal o- oasis thing. So I like take these mushrooms and it tastes like sunflower seeds. So it wasn't that bad. And I'm just like eating them, getting really thirsty because they're really dry. And uh, so we continue hiking. And uh, some people had taken them before we got there. And we're just chilling, just by the water. It's it's still like the afternoon. Um, it's really hot. We're just all like in the water, just like I think somebody brought a guitar, so we're just like singing some tunes. Again, these guys were into stuff like Led Zeppelin, and I don't know uh, what's that guy's name. <sighs> frick, frick if I know. They were into that kind of music, and me, I'm still into like punk rock, emo metal stuff so i'm not singing any of these songs so they're just like singing away and i'm just there, just like hanging out and they decide hey we're gonna go on a little adventure um to the other island and i'm like oh cool that's that's fine and they they haven't kicked my the mushrooms i took haven't kicked in yet i'm just like my normal self and uh so they decide hey we're gonna go hang out at this other island and for some reason i decided that i was just gonna stay back and like i don't know watch this stuff or like skimboard or something i can't remember why i stayed back now but when they were away is when the mushrooms kicked in and i just was i felt fucking crazy like i didn't know what was going on my brain was obviously mush at that point no pun intended um and I had started writing something in the sand, like uh, big letters. And uh, did you ever listen to the band CKY? Yes. Yeah. So like Bam Margera's brother's band, CKY. Really good band. Man, I miss that band. Um, they had a song called Hellview. I don't know if you remember it. Anyway. Uh I don't know why, but I had wrote Hellview in the sand, and I had taken off all my clothes. 
so I was naked in this on this island, and yeah, so they came back and I was by myself, and they have all done this before, so they thought I was absolutely insane for what I did. I wrote Hellview in the sand, and I was like naked, and I was just like monkey, like walking around like a monkey, and I don't know, they just thought I was nuts. So that, that was like my kind of my first experience with that kind of stuff. I never actually had done uh, like mushrooms or anything after that. I don't think ever. So that was like my first and last time. And that you, I, you were just like when you said you started drinking more and doing drugs, you were just smoking pot at that point. Yeah, like I was just literally just smoking pot, and I was a little scared to do anything else. Like I just, I didn't really feel like I wanted to or needed to. It's just I don't know why I did at the time. And I just was like, okay, well, sure, why not? Um, and then yeah, I did all that, and then we paddled back late at night, so the the lake was really calm and it was really awesome. And then I remember I didn't say anything for the, like the rest of the night. Like I was mute. Like I didn't talk. And then I just, like, went to bed and, you know, whatever, slept it off. Um, I think I woke up in the middle of the night and I was still really messed up. Man, do you think that you were, like, maybe more adverse to doing drugs or, like, trying things because you knew that your mom had done drugs and maybe it was subconscious, maybe it was conscious, but um, just knowing that, like... Like at that point, you were old enough that you knew she had gone to jail and that she had been involved in drugs and that kind of thing. Do you think any of it stemmed from that? Um, definitely had to do a lot with me not wanting to do drugs. But, but like no one ever of, told you. No one was like, Chris, don't do drugs, right? Like it's not like your grandpa was shoving it down your throat, was he? No, he, he – like I said, he – when I was – high as a kid he thought i was sober and when i was sober he thought i was high so no there was never really like he didn't really touch into it but um so, no like where where do you think that came from then where you're like i don't know it's just it, the the thing that's interesting is like kids are so curious right like when you're a kid and i'm saying yeah. kid is in like young adult kid is in teenager kid is in kid oh yeah kid is in 36 year old man like me like you're always curious to be just exploring the world and trying new things but like it's pretty interesting that you i don't know how it's like somehow you just like didn't feel like hey i gotta try all this and especially with the peer pressure when other people are doing them around you yeah like uh, i was definitely scared that i might get addicted like my mother but i also found that um I started like doing more personal discovery after this relationship with that one girl ended. And I kind of started to, to realize who I was and like what I'm capable of and like what I can and can't do. So I re I knew that I didn't have an addictive personality as, as far as I knew, like I was definitely addicted to soda, but like, I didn't see that as a problem. Yeah. You know, sound familiar, addicts. Um, so, like, soda was the only thing I think I was actually ever addicted to. Um, so I, I knew that if by doing drugs, I wasn't going to be addicted to them. It's just, like, me and that group of friends had this running joke, like, some of them smoke cigarettes. I always said, I bet you, I bet you, 
I could smoke cigarettes for an entire year as much as you guys smoke cigarettes. And on the first day of the next year, I could quit cold turkey. That was a running kind of thing that we were trying to do. Um, I never did it. Um, and I did kind of get addicted to cigars later in life. Not that bad, but um, it was it was pretty bad, actually. I didn't like it. I did still don't enjoy that I was like that. But yeah, that's basically why I, I decided that you know I I would do I would smoke marijuana as an, as a young adult and or you know late teen. I guess I was like twenty at the time. Maybe I was nineteen. No, I had to be twenty. Twenty twenty one actually. Now I think about it. Um, all these friends of mine were older than me. Um, but yeah. So I never did. Um, anything um, heavier than marijuana after that maybe oil or something like that and hash but like not like anything like I never did any intravenous drugs or, or anything like that um, but that like again brings to a later story of the whole girlfriend being addicted to cocaine thing that was a mess so um I was dating this girl, and something had happened uh, at this house with the guy I was living with. His girlfriend's sister um, was at a social, and I had a friend over, and I was really, really drunk, and so was he. And they were supposed to come over after the social, uh, her and her friend. Um, to come and um, just like wait for the ride from their parents to pick them up because they lived like outside of Gimli. We're like core center Gimli. So me and this guy were walking around Gimli um, late at night, pretty hammered, and we get back and I it was I remember it was like a forty of like Jack and I was, or was it something? No, it was Jack. And I was just completely obliterated. Like, I don't think there's... I think I can count on one hand and only probably two fingers twice in my entire life that I have gone so drunk that I could not, like, really see straight and know what I was really doing twice. Um, and this was one of them. And uh, th those two girls came over. And uh, I remember, like, partying for a while with them but I was tired so I was like um I'm gonna go to bed so then I went to bed and I remember I like I was coming down like I wasn't I was drunk but I was like kind of off my my like uh, off the point where I could finally see straight again and I was going to bed and I went to bed and but my friend stayed up and the he partied with the two girls while I slept in this like I didn't sleep in my room I slept in this other closety area that had a mattress on the ground so they could stay up and I wait I remember um, waking up in the morning and uh, all three of them were on that mattress <laughs> like I was like okay all right and then like I was like okay well I gotta shower and get to work and my head is killing me. So uh, the the two girls were supposed to get picked up. They never got picked up. They stayed there. And then I got dressed and uh, like went to work. 
and my friend stayed there, and I think the two girls stayed there as well. So then I go to work, and I come back, and this girl, the the boyfriend's girl that I was like living with, the girlfriend, was fuming, like absolutely furious. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why are you so mad? And she just ripped me a hole and, like, just ripped me apart. She's like, how could you let them stay here? Blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, they had a safe roof over their head. They they probably partied with our friend for a while. And I'm just like, like I don't know what the big problem is. So apparently, um, while I was sleeping the girl what the the sister's sister had slept with this other guy and the the i at the at the time i didn't see why what was the, what was wrong with that i'm like well okay people party people sleep together that's fine but what actually was a problem was that the the girl had a boyfriend and they had been dating for so and so long and she i guess she had made a mistake got too drunk and and slept with this friend of mine and that was my fault and i'm like well i was passed out i don't know what the heck happened here after i passed out and when i woke up they were all in my mattress so um long story short i got like accused of so much stuff and this girl the 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 problem another problem with this was the the friend's sister the one that stayed over and slept with my friend we were kind of friends so she was not really upset. The problem was the sister was really upset because um, she thought that he took um, her virginity and all this other stuff when really actually it was the opposite way around. She took his. Um, and basically she was trying to spread rumors that we had raped these girls and stuff like that. And I was like, what the fuck? How did this turn into this? So she was just going like crazy and like, just like she kicked me out of the crack house. So, um, first of all, I was like, all right, well give me a day or two. Cause I have no idea where I'm going. My plan was go back to Winnipeg. And I was like, okay, well obviously you are not, in the right of mind and you're freaking out about this like whatever thing that happened that i apparently had no control over and uh so i like packed up my stuff that one day and i was still dating this other girl and i'm like i go to her i'm like well i don't know what to do like they they're freaking out about stuff that i don't even like i have nothing really to do with i mean i guess i have to do with it but it's not like I, uh, I don't know. It was just a really fuck situation. So then the girl that I'm seeing, she's like, well, you can't come stay with me because like her dad, her mom was cool. Her mom really liked me, but her dad was this crazy, very rageaholic dude. And like we met maybe twice the entire time we were dating. Um, and it was, it was not a fun time for me. Like I've never, I've like every parent that i have met has absolutely fallen in love with me except for this guy he hated my guts i think he thought i was like like a like a freaking girl boy because you know i was like five foot five weighed a hundred pounds wore girls jeans and like a skin tight t-shirt had my hair down to my frick down my back he probably didn't even like the way i looked or what i was into So, yeah, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going back to Winnipeg. And then 
I had like my backpack packed and I didn't really have that much stuff. And I had called out one of my friends to ask him if he gave me a ride to the city. Um, and this is one of the guys that I had um, met through this other girlfriend, the first Gimli girlfriend that was the, the group of guys that, that she went to high school with. Um, and then I met him. Um, and then, we he's just like hey let's just like have a beer and hang out before we do anything and i'm like okay cool so we went by the beach and he brought his acoustic guitar and uh he was just like we were just talking and i was telling him about the situation he's like yeah that girl's crazy and like um like that's definitely not your fault that what happened and it was definitely on our other friend's fault for pushing it. Even I don't, from his story, he didn't push it either. She pushed it on him. And, um, so we were just talking and, uh, he has this acoustic guitar and I'm like, man, it's like, can I just play your guitar? And he's like, you can play guitar. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like I can play guitar. And I'm like, I like, I wrote this song about this girl and he's like, can I hear it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I, I took, pick up his guitar and I'm not a very good singer at all. But I like sang this song and it had a really cool melody. Um, it had a pretty cool hook too. Um, and he's just like, dude, like, why don't you just come live with me and my friends? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I have this cabin. We live. It's like right by, uh, right by the water. Um, and it's like we. There's no air conditioning, but it's like him and three other friends live in this cabin and it's like if i wanted to it's like i could live in the garage which you know at the time that didn't sound weird but it, it was a little weird and then there's like he also had a uh, air-conditioned trailer that was in his yard so it's like you could stay in the cabin there's a free room or you have access to the the garage or the or the camper and i was like okay you know what that sounds really good and he's like i'm not gonna charge you any rent because there's like he um, already his parents own this cabin they paid for it um, and I don't know what's up with Gimli people did all their parents just own all the stuff and pay for all of the all the bills because that's what it seems um, it's not like I didn't have a job either I had like I had two jobs actually still um, so I was like okay I'll come live with you guys and that's kind of like where another era starts Chris Friesen. Hey, Ben. We're recording again now. Second recording. Second recording. You know why? Uh, nope. Because one thing that I've never asked you about is whether or not you've ever owned a suit. A suit? <laughs> um. Yes. And it was terrible. Like um, what? What did you have the suit for, and what was the deal with it? Um, I owned a suit. It was for not my actual graduation, but the year before I actually graduated. So the year that all my friends graduated, I had uh, I hadn't planned to go to grad. I actually was just like too cool for school, not gonna go to grad. And then last minute, I decided to go to grad, and I didn't have anything to wear. 
So my aunt went to um, well, Sears, the bay. I think it was Sears, and she just bought this suit, um, not knowing my size. It it wasn't tailored. It wasn't anything. It was absolutely terrible. Um, I think I have pictures of me wearing it. I wore a checkered tie from Spencer's. Yeah, that was my uh, my first suit. It didn't fit. It was the arms were way too long. The pants didn't get hemmed properly it was it was a bad suit you know what would have been a better suit hmm F apparel F apparel man I really want a suit ephapparel.com do you know the way it works no I actually kind of have seen possibly how it works but I don't know for sure okay I'm gonna tell you how it works because I know you and I know that you don't listen to the the podcast or the plugs we just record and that's the end of it so I'm going to tell you how this FF apparel thing works and how it works for other people too okay okay so basically they do custom suits right like you put in your measurements or you go down to one of their shops they got shops in a couple uh, couple cities across Canada um, but a lot of people do things online because it's a, a seamless experience no pun intended but they they have like this fit measurement guide so you um, they show you how to measure yourself how to take your measurements and then you can input them on the website and from there okay. you choose like your cut you choose the fit um, all these different things the way the collar looks the way the stitching and pockets look and uh, and then you can choose your fabric choose your shirt choose your tie um, choose everything and it's like fully customizable choose the inside liner which is sweet so you can have like I think my wedding suit I had like pink and seafoam green diamonds like just no <laughs> no reason. way yeah because it was funny <laughs> that's so um, good so you can do anything you want and it's it's super sweet you get your suit um, it takes I think it takes about four to six weeks to arrive and then if you need any um, modifications like let's say that you measure your pants a little too long then um they've got it dialed in where they've got connections with tailors in different cities where you take it in you get it tailored and then that's that um so it's, it's a pretty sweet experience for doing it online so if anyone wants to check it out f apparel eph apparel.com enter promo code character and get 20 percent off your order that's it cool that's the plug, man. So you have to plug uh, Samurai Guitarist. I have to plug Samurai Guitarist? Yeah, man. He he helps us with production. Oh, What's, man. What are your thoughts of him? You've watched, uh, you've watched his vids. I have watched his vids. I haven't watched the one I wanted to watch yet, though. So Samurai Guitarist? Yes? Yep. He is a man, a talented man, who makes YouTube videos um, expressing his talents and um, his, uh, man, I don't even know why you put me on the spot here. 
Samurai Guitars YouTube. Go check him out. Subscribe to his page. Uh, he puts out a couple videos a week. They're super, super well produced. Uh, he just did one last week that I don't know if you've seen it, Chris, or if anyone else has seen it, but wicked video where he um, talked about crossing music genres. My favorite one that he did was like obscure music genres, like how would heavy metal and jazz sound together. My favorite thing that sounded super cool is he mixed uh, Indian music with reggae. It was the craziest sounding thing, and I just like I thought it was a really cool style. So, anyways, youtube.com backslash samurai guitarist. Go subscribe to him and show him some love. Um, if anybody has a chance to go check out me and Molly music theme songs called Disappear. Uh, intro outro music by Delicate Beats. Last but not least, if you like what you hear, if you haven't had a chance to review, Chris, why do why do we appreciate those subscriptions and reviews so much? Uh, shows your support. Helps us grow. And we love you for it. Mm-hmm. Until next week, Chris Friesen. <laughs> Until next week. Love ya. Whoa.